Hello, podcast world. It is so great to be back here with you. So I just realized that the last episode I released two weeks ago was the 50th episode. I should have thrown a party. I mean, who would have thought? So I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for those that have been with me from the beginning, those of you that have joined somewhere in the middle or even later. Some of you are like longtime friends and others I've never actually met, although I hope I get to someday. But I just wanted to say what a privilege it is for me to get to do this. Thank you for being a part of this journey. Last time we spoke about the doctrine of original sin. I spoke about the fact that I didn't think that we are all born inherently sinful or depraved, but rather we are born very good, as God says in the Genesis story. I also spoke about the fact that we are not and have never been separated from God. I know that is sometimes hard to get your head around because it kind of sounds like nothing really matters. It seems like if we're already forgiven, then there's no reason to be a Christian or to go to church or even to pray. It seems there would be no motivation to keep the Ten Commandments if we're already forgiven for breaking them. Welcome to Deeply Spiritual, but Rather Uncertain. Hi, I'm Jonah Collins. I'm the oldest grandchild in the Collins family. And I'm here to tell you about the ways you can help my grandpa get his message out. First, you can go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this and give him a five-star review and write a few words about how the podcast is helping you. After that, you can go to patreon.com and help by supporting the podcast by giving money. Even a dollar each month helps a lot. And last, you can sign up for the newsletter called In Black and White. All the links are below. You just have to click on them. Now let's get back to my grandpa. So here's the question I want to put out there today. Do we need forgiveness for our sin or healing from our sin? Let me say that again because it's really important. Do we need forgiveness for our sin or healing from our sin? Certainly, the traditional Christian response would be that forgiveness is our biggest need. The spiritual need trumps the emotional need or the physical need or the psychological need or whatever. Spiritual need trumps all. But is that true? I'm not sure that it is. So let's start with a story about Jesus that's found in all the Synoptic Gospels. It's the story of a paralyzed man that is brought to Jesus by his friends. Both Mark and Luke speak about his friends lowering this guy down through the roof because the house where Jesus was speaking was so crowded. But Matthew says it differently. Matthew just says they brought him to Jesus. But let me read this to you from Mark chapter 2. 
When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Okay, so let's start with the Hebrew idea of what is going on here. In the Hebrew culture, it was thought if a person was physically ill, there must be some sin that made them that way. In the Hebrew mind, God was very transactional. Blessings and curses. If you follow God, you are blessed. If you don't, you are cursed. Very simple and very straightforward. You see it really clearly in John chapter 9 when Jesus comes across a blind man and the disciples ask Jesus, who sinned, him or his parents, that he would be born blind? So in the Hebrew mind, a guy that is totally paralyzed must have sinned horribly, so God is punishing him. And according to the Torah, the only real means of forgiveness was through the temple system. So when Jesus says to the man, your sins are forgiven, the religious leaders were deeply offended. They thought it was heresy. And when they said that only God can forgive sins, what they're really saying is you can't just reinterpret the law like that. The law is very clear about how forgiveness happens, and this isn't it. Okay, hold on to that thought for a minute. My interpretation of this story for many years would have gone something like this. This story helps us to see what our real need is. It's not physical healing. It's not financial healing. It's not emotional healing. It's forgiveness. 
The reason that Jesus forgives this man's sins first is because it is what the man actually needs. The fact that this man is paralyzed and lying on a mat and probably not even able to feed himself is secondary to his primary need, which is to have his sins forgiven. And then I would say something like, and that's true for all of us, because we are all born into sin. So our primary need is for forgiveness. A couple of thoughts about this view, however. First of all, it's the only miracle of all the many miracles that Jesus did where he said, your sins are forgiven. It seems like if that was the greatest need of everybody he came into contact with, he would have done that all of the time. But he didn't. Secondly, we really have no indication that this man was repentant at all, which we say is a prerequisite for the forgiveness of sin, right? And so some would say, well, Jesus looks at the heart, and so he knew this guy's heart, and he knew that in his heart he was repentant. But look at what Jesus said. It was because of the faith of the guys that brought him that the paralyzed man's sins were forgiven. I mean, how strange is that? It certainly doesn't fit the traditional Christian view of how forgiveness works. But let me give you a third view of this story that I think makes much more sense. And let's go back to that Hebrew view that we spoke of earlier. If everybody around this man assumed there was some great sin that made him this way, you can probably assume that the paralyzed man thought the same thing. Certainly, I know that if I really held this deep conviction of God being transactional, and then suddenly I was struck down with some horrible disease, I could think of plenty of sins that I've committed in my lifetime that could have caused it. Heck, maybe it was a combination of all those sins that caused it, but I would live my life convinced that I was cursed by God. I know people that have done that exact thing. So what are Jesus' words to this man? Well, it's not, I forgive you, but rather it's, your sins are forgiven. Or maybe your sins are already forgiven. You don't have to live in shame and under a false belief that you are cursed by God. God's very character is that of radical forgiveness. Whatever your sins are, they are long forgiven. And then what does Jesus do? He heals him. He says, get up and walk, and the man does. What if that's the point of this whole story? What if the point is our sins are already forgiven, but what we actually need is healing? 
I'm not necessarily talking about physical healing. I'm talking about healing from the disease of sin. What if we looked at it this way? Your sin is already forgiven. That's the good news. You don't have to worry about that. But there's some bad news as well. That same sin is hurting you. And oftentimes, it's hurting everybody around you. A few months ago, my friend Mark Baber, who I interviewed on this podcast back in season one, sent me a prayer by Thomas Keating. It's called the Welcome Prayer, and it has been a game changer for me. You can Google it, but it starts like this. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it's for my healing. It's that line, I know it's for my healing, that has been at the front of my mind for months now. When I'm inconvenienced, I welcome it because it's for my healing. When I'm stressed, I welcome it because it's for my healing. When things don't go the way I want them to, it's for my healing. Now, I'm not saying that God somehow makes bad things happen for my healing. I'm saying that whatever comes, whatever happens, I welcome it because if I do and when I do, it brings healing. Healing from what? from my sins, from the things that constantly trip me up, from my ego, from my need for control, from my compulsions, from my lack of love, from my self-centeredness. Oh my gosh, this is so game-changing. Because when my focus is on what I need forgiveness for, then I never get to the issue of where that action comes from in the first place, the things I really need healing from. So instead of, God forgive me for losing my temper again, it's, God, what's at the bottom of this? What are the core issues, the -the under-the-surface issues that cause me to rage like this? God's answer just might be, dude, you don't need forgiveness from me, but you do need to ask forgiveness to those you hurt, and then you need to go see a therapist. You really need to get a handle on this because it's killing you and it's killing everyone around you. I was having a WhatsApp discussion with a friend of mine after the last podcast, I love discussions like this, by the way, so please feel free to get a hold of me any way you can. But anyway, we were talking about Psalm 51. It's David's great prayer of confession after his sexual abuse of Bathsheba, getting her pregnant, and then killing her husband Uriah. It's an absolutely beautiful confession in some ways, but I think David completely misses the plot. In verse 4, he says these words, 
Against you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. You have got to be kidding me, right? Against God alone? What about Bathsheba? We always call this thing David had with Bathsheba an affair. This was no affair. Do you think Bathsheba had any say in this matter at all? I mean, sometimes we make it sound like she came on to David. I mean, so can who can blame the poor guy, right? After all, he's a man. He's weak. We let David off the hook by calling it an affair. David was the king. Nobody would have given Bathsheba a choice in the matter. It was sexual abuse, pure and simple. Is David sorry for that? It doesn't seem like it. Or what about Uriah or Uriah's family? David says, God against you only have I sinned. I think he's missing the plot. And I'm afraid that this picture of of needing forgiveness from God first and foremost for each of our sins blinds us to where we really need to be asking forgiveness and the work that we really need to do to find healing from our sin. This kind of healing from sin is not an easy journey. It's really easy to say, God, forgive me, and then get up, brush off our knees, because we're all good with God now. Everything is better. Now let's just move forward. But working toward healing from sin is a journey of trust, of honesty about who I am, honesty about my past and the effects that it's had. It's about owning my own stuff and not pawning it off on Jesus. Healing from sin is the work of the Holy Spirit as I open myself up to her work in my life. That's what I think Paul is on about when he speaks about walking in the Spirit. Have you ever noticed that Scripture doesn't talk about people who found God? but rather people who walked with God. See, that is the work. Walking in the Spirit who will encourage, expose, bring hope, convict, and begin to heal the sin that so easily messes us up. And the healing that she brings produces love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, as it speaks about in Galatians. So what I'm learning that has been so radical and so life-changing for me is that I don't need forgiveness from sin. I am already forgiven. But I do need healing. And so I welcome whatever comes to me because through the Spirit, it will start to bring the healing that I so desperately need. I want to end our time today 
by praying the entire welcome prayer for all of us today. Before I do that, let me just remind you that all the links that my grandson Jonas spoke about at the beginning of the podcast are in the notes below, so check those out. So I close with this. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it's for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for power and control. I let go of my desire for affection, esteem, approval, and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. I open to the love and presence of God and God's actions within. Shalom.